You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, a theater entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. And welcome to another wonderful episode of Half Hour. Today we are talking about Dear Evan Hansen, the film. We're going to touch briefly on the Broadway show in a little bit, but we are talking mainly about the film today that was released this year in 2021. So if uh, just giving you a heads up on spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet, you want to wait to see it, make sure you go check that out first before listening to the podcast, or you have been warned. Um, I would like to let you all know that this film is available in theaters only. So if you're looking to find this film, I don't believe it's on any streaming services yet anyway, but it is in theaters only. So that's mm-hmm. where we went to go to a movie theater to sit and observe and watch and screen the film. <laughs> and I thought that was a cool experience because we haven't been doing that very much Not really. lately. A little bit of history on this. So Dear Evan Hansen is a Tony Award winning Best Musical from 2017 on Broadway. We did see it on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um, the original Broadway director, Michael Greif. Directing that, the music and lyrics are by Pasek and Paul. Shout out to Michigan Go Blue, their fellow Michigan grads, as I am. Um, screenplay, Steve Levinson, who also worked on the, the musical as well. Um, this film version, though, did not have director Michael Greif. It had a new director who was Chivan Chbosky. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Platt wins a Tony Award in 2017 for Evan Hansen and then reprises this role in this film version. So he is playing Evan Hansen in this film version as well. Um, as well as mo- most of the cast is new um, for the film. Colton Ryan does play Connor Murphy. Colton Ryan was involved in the original Broadway show, not as Connor Murphy. However, fun fact, when Jeff and I went to go see Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, we did not see Ben Platt. There was an understudy on that day. Um, and we were a little bummed at the beginning because everyone was like, oh my gosh, Ben Platt. And we we're like, oh, that's what we wanted to see. And then we go and we see Colton Ryan playing Dear Dear playing Evan Hansen. <laughs> so Colton Ryan plays Evan Hansen. We're blown away. We really, really liked his version of that. And then he plays Connor in this. So it's very cool to see Colton doing that. Shout out to you, Colton. That's really cool to have seen you play Evan Hansen and then see you play a completely different role in the film and being involved as Ben Platt was. Um, another shout out I will say is it did win a lot of Tony Awards. Another Tony Award win was for Rachel Bay Jones, who played Heidi Hansen, um, Evan Hansen's mom. In the film, it's played by Julianne Moore. In the Broadway show is Rachel Bay Jones, and Rachel Bay Jones wins a Tony Award for that. 
as well. So let's just kind of dive into this a little bit, Jeff. Where are we at in terms of, you know, we see this show a few years ago, we see this film now, and we really tried to go into the film putting all the clutter of the media behind us. I know there's a lot of like, why is this film coming out right now and only in theaters and with this cast and Ben Platt looks too old for the role and how is this movie? We just kind of put that to the side yeah. and kind of went in with a <clears throat> clean mind. And I think that was a helpful. But well, what, I think what it's easy to get caught up in what people are saying about the film and then it change your narrative, what you actually think of the film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I w- I'd like to start with kind of just like what's what's going on with the stage to film adaptation with your Evan Hansen mm-hmm. first, you know, like, first of all, like, what do we think about this film? And for me, I thought like, Yes, let me put everything behind. I didn't think it it was as bad as a lot of people are saying it is. I think that there were moments in the film, but I I didn't think it was perfect. But Mm -hmm. I also didn't think it was terrible. I would watch it again just to see. But I feel like right now we came off... Right before the pandemic, we came off of, like, such a high moment in Broadway. Mm -hmm. Things were, like, the grosses were on top of everything... Everyone was like, when is this, uh, you know, musical going to be turned into a film? Right. And Dear Evan Hansen was already greenlit before the pandemic. So everyone's like, okay, take this, the prom. We had it during the pandemic. What isn't come from away getting turned into a film? Like everything is getting turned into a film. And I'm like, why do we think everything needs to be turned into a a Mm -hmm. movie musical? Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with some of these. And my initial thoughts of this is like, I don't know if this needed to be a musical. A musical? Yeah. Into the film. Oh, you mean it could have been a play without music? Mm-hmm. Or just have a screenplay, a film without the music. I think the musical really works on Broadway. I don't know if it works as a movie. I think what's interesting is when you see it on Broadway and you see settings like schools, yeah. houses, fields, things that are like literal filmic areas that are not, you know, you almost think, oh, this could, you would think it would go really well to film because it's like, okay, because we have all these settings. There was, I will tell you something. I don't know if I enjoyed this film as much as you did. It sounds to me like you kind of sort of enjoyed it. You, I think you, I enjoyed moments of it. I think, but I think there was a lot of things missing from. Well, I do th- too. And I think, I just remember seeing this on, on Broadway and being blown away by every element of it, specifically the design direction mm-hmm. of it. Michael Greif directs this. He's the original director of Rent on Broadway. He brings this new vision, all those video screens with the orchestra being seen and the movement. I remember waving through a window and that being so theatrical and everybody around him. And I understand they tried to do that in this film, but but it was like real literal people in the school. So it was like, okay, we, the theatricality of that kind of went away a little bit. There were moments where I felt like, oh, this there's a there's a lackluster sense to this film of the theatricality. And maybe that was done on purpose. Maybe this film tried to root itself in just the story. But however... But then the story works better without the music. Yes. However, we have to remember something. He seems most compelled to express himself. I'm talking about the character of Evan Hansen. Seems most compelled to express himself through music. Yes. There are times that they build up. I can't. He can't speak. He doesn't know what to say. He's nervous. And then a song comes out, which a good musical does when you can't speak anymore. Let the song continue the story. And I think at times, and at only specific times, did the film really carry that, oh, now I'm going to sing. And the fan... But then... Where I found it didn't really work is there's times where they're singing and they're just like sitting there watching him sing. And it's like, 
Could we do some flashbacks here? Could we do some to movement in the dining I, I room? Guess, or I don't know. Right. I, I guess what I what uh, what I had a hard time kind of realizing throughout the film was they're there watching you. Mm-hmm. Are they there watching you speak what you're singing? I think they're actually watching him speak because there were times when. They would be like, oh, that was really great story, or that right. was a great speech. And I'm sitting there thinking, he sung it. I think that's the and suspension of disbelief, that the family's not going to sit there and be like, oh, this kid's singing right. in my living room right now. No, I think it's like, oh, that was his way of expressing himself. The character really felt most comfortable expressing and himself through song. Work. And that's why, in a way, it doesn't really work. If you're going to do the film in a rooted reality, right. if you're going to do the film in a trippy sort of like theatrical I they should have taken him out of the element yes and put him somewhere else and put him in a dreamy it. sequence kind right. of similar to something like across the universe or something where right. you've seen those Mulan where you go to a place but I understand why maybe they didn't want to do that which then goes to your point of maybe this should have just been rooted in a screenplay of telling the story you know we were also talking about how this story is so different it's it's a very I know there's some controversy with like why did he do this he and well, and know. all that, that the I character I mean okay that I don't fully follow with what a lot of people are saying for this uh, just to go back to like the whole what works on a stage versus yeah. what works in a movie when you're on a stage you have to create a lot of the narrative in your head mm-hmm. or you have to create a lot of the imagery in your head of what's actually working. And when you have a film now, the director is choosing for you to see what he wants you to see. Mm-hmm. You, there's no imagination when it comes to a film. Yeah. So when you, you're watching a stage production of this, it really works and everyone's kind of overlooking the story that they're talking about because you're creating your own imagery because mm-hmm. you can't put it all on right. the stage. And the stage helps though with a lot of the, vi- like I said, the video content. I thought right. there were some nice things there, but then you get to some moments where, well, so yes, stage to film, it That's, does work in some shows. Sometimes. Sometimes it works even better. And sometimes I just feel like I, I think we were expecting this to just instantly work. And for some reason, let, let me get let me say there were moments of the film I enjoyed. I was much more emotionally connected to that stage production. Tears flowing at the end of act one yeah. than I ever felt any emotion in this film. I was so removed at times that I was like, I was like, oh, this is no, I, I will say something, though, and there, I will give credit. I think there was one scene, though, that I did get a little emotional in. I still think that the You Will Be Found was beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. But then I guess what's uh, – so the pacing of this whole film seemed really off to me. It seemed like it was 20 minutes, 30 minutes too long. Yeah. And it was really dragging. Well, some of the and book the scenes, scenes were, were really, no. and really I, long. You want to know why? Where was the score? Where was the score underlying? Right. Where where was the music? It was silent for so much. But I hear a pin drop in the movie theater. I was like, this no no. So many scenes were. You're not driving anything. And in the one spot where you could really be adding something Mm -hmm. for like just feeling, Mm -hmm. it was completely removed. And then I feel like when you will be found comes and they're like, Evan. Everyone's seeing your video and and look at the world blowing up. It's like, oh, finally the pacing's picking up. But that was happening in the stage production way from the beginning. From when the beginning. Waving through a window and where do what do I do? And then and he's home and his mom's in and out of the house. Yeah. I work and and there that chaos in his mind was shown on the stage. I thought we were at times in this show, and I'm like, 
Where's the energy, the drive of the emotions? I'm not saying it needs to be whippingly fast pace. No. But there needs to be a little bit of an emotional roller coaster of and ah uh, and, right. and and instead it was like just this boat kind of floating on the water until only moments like you will be found where I felt like some pulsing kind of picked up a little bit with right. some of the pacing. And I guess one thing too is like this show the show on the stage doesn't have big ensemble numbers. It's not like it's huge right. and it's driving anything, but like you just had a lot of passion, mm-hmm. which I guess moves into the acting performances yeah, let's go to a little bit. But like, there was a lot of passion in the actors on the stage. The harmonies when they were singing were magnificent, and th- it was just missing from this. Mm-hmm. It really was just missing. And like, we could go through the cast here yeah, a little bit. Let's go through each and, you name know. here a little bit and kind of just talk about. It. So we obviously we can start with Ben Platt, who plays Evan Hansen, who we did not see on stage. We see here in the film. Here's my just quick take on this. I'm not a huge fan of his voice. I think there's so much high singing in this, and I think that brings out the emotion of the character. I will say I'm really blown away by how he commits to this role. I've seen him do other things like politician. I've seen him do other roles. There was just something about, I don't know, I was blown away. I get why he won that Tony Award. I do. I was wowed by the physicality and the attachment to the emotion of that character. I thought he was one of the best parts of the whole film. The thing is with Ben Platt is when Ben Platt first started this, he wasn't a huge star. Right. So he was a boy playing the role in Evan Hansen, Mm. which really worked. He's a little socially awkward in a lot of the things that he does, which is fine, but he, he fit the role. Yeah. He doesn't fit the role anymore. Well, he is getting older. He's too much of a star now. Yeah. You needed a random New up-and-coming actor in this film playing this role. Because I can't put beside me that it's Ben Platt on the screen. And I don't think that 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 really qualifies for being a great actor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? And right now, I think every time I see Ben Platt, I say, that's Ben Platt. Yeah. And he needs to start thinking about that a little bit more because – he needs to turn into an actor. He needs to separate who Ben Platt is, and he now right. needs to start getting into that character that he is playing. Yeah, and I that's just thought, my little two cents on. Yeah, that. I understand that. I just feel like that he was really committed to this, and there was a lot of just the physicality, the nerves, the stuttering, the nervous energy. The you know, I thought that was really well played and really committed to. Well, what's know? interesting with this, and I think a lot of people forget the show is like Ben Platt was struggling with his own issues. Mm. Ben Platt. Was up in a tree and fell, in quotes. The character you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evan Hansen, sorry. Mm-hmm. Evan Hansen is struggling with his own mm-hmm. issues. I thought some just of the like, best. Just like Connor Murphy, Evan Hansen, <clears throat> they're very similar. That's why we have all the dialogue with them in the beginning. They're similar people struggling with their own issues. Yeah. I thought some of the best moments of the film were those tree scenes. Yeah. S- seeing him fall out of the tree. And and us being reminded of what's the real story. And yeah. I thought that was filmically well done. But Him people, in the tree. Was he working? Was he with Connor? We know, obviously, what was true and what wasn't. I thought that was well done when they kept flashing back to that. That was nice. I think people forget that, though, that Evan Hansen is struggling. Yeah. And, yes, we don't know what it is that's wrong with him you know mm-hmm. does it does is he suffering from anxiety or depression or anything or is he does he have a form of like asperger's or something like that that makes him awkward mm. and a loner and he's struggling with all of these kids you know coming mm-hmm. after him or not coming after him or making fun of him that he wanted to jump out of that tree right it's sad 
It's sad. Yeah, and that's why but, at the end we're reminded why the I think why some of the people are a little more accepting of him at the very end, especially um, Zoe Murphy at the end, going to meet him in the orchard and stuff is a little more like I understand that as much as you did a lot of wrong with this, you're struggling too, yeah. and we're not going to completely. You know. And I think that's why that was something that I actually did appreciate in the film because we got to go into a little bit more of that character development versus just what's <laughs> going on on the stage where it's song after song, and you're kind of missing the point that no, he. Everything that is being said about Connor is what Evan Hansen felt about himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was actually getting liked or he was actually feeling loved for once. Um, But it was a lie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. I did appreciate that in the film. I, you know, I think there was, you know, going through some of the characters here going down next, we have like the Murphy family. So Cynthia Murphy, Amy Adams, Larry, Danny Pino, Mm-hmm. And Zoe Murphy, Caitlin Dever, and then Connor Murphy, Colton Ryan. I I I think it's interesting that they kind of brought this new subplot on where like Danny or Larry is the stepfather now, and there was a little yeah. bit of a different dynamic of the family. I will tell you something. I love Amy Adams and what she does. I think she's a really <laughs> committed actor. I couldn't I just didn't like this performance. No. I was I understand that this is a character of a woman who is just Oh, I, I'm a, I try to push through my feelings and I'm trying to keep my life and I'm a, the, the, the housewife kind of rich woman. And to me, I just, I thought she fell so flat. Mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling anything with Amy Adams. Yeah. I felt that a little differently on stage on Broadway. And I just didn't really like her performance in this at all. As, and um, Danny, who played Larry Mora, that was, he was okay. I mean, the yeah. whole family was just okay. Even, even Caitlin Dever, Zoe Murphy, I've seen her in a lot better things. She was okay. I, think I don't what, think the family was anything brilliantly. I think what to the we table. got across in the film was that this was a family that was struggling with trying to understand why their son committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So I don't know fully if it really worked. I think there was like, mm, I, I think she needed to look crazy on the inside that she was really upset and trying to just reach for something. Mm. And I need, I think it was needed for the Evan Hansen character to actually show why he couldn't get out what he wanted to say, because everyone was just like talking. pushing and pushing yeah. and pushing and talking over him. You know, and I, another thing I will it's say, it's not just Evan Hansen who has the problem, here, right, who right, created the right. problem. Everyone created the problem right. and he suffers from it the most at the end. Right. And I also say this about the family. To me, if you're going to do a film version of this, I just don't understand how we go. If you're very new to this show and you never saw it on Broadway and you're watching this, you're like, okay, oh, Ben Platt's called to the uh, – Evan Hansen's called to the office. The parents are there, want to talk to him. Okay. Now, oh, come over for dinner. Yeah. Wait, what – did we have a funeral? Did we – like show some funeral yeah. scenes in the film. I, 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 For some reason, I didn't feel any disconnect like that on stage, but I'm watching this film like who instantly – are we going to see a funeral? Are we going to see any sort of like, oh, or maybe some like two weeks later, come over for dinner. Okay. Well, yeah, it's weird. And they it only bring it up. It was just a weird up. jump. And like, here's this big spread and everything's perfect in the house and they have this lovely dinner. I'm thinking, and now you're like, okay, tell us everything about, I'm like, I understand the family wanting to do that. Maybe a couple, what, give us a, a beat, give us a minute. I just, it's, uh, it's hard for me to believe that a family would just instantly not be showing any sort of wake or funeral or memorial. And then they would just, oh, the school's going to do a memorial. Okay. And that's great that the family goes to that. But where was the family mourning the law? Regardless of your relationship with your son, it was still your son. Right. There's a few things that don't really There was a disconnect in the filming of that. sense for that. Because also it's like they give him the letter. They give Evan Hansen the letter and say, Connor wrote this to you. 
And that really doesn't make sense. For the plot, it doesn't make sense. They don't even let Evan Hansen really explain himself right, about the letter. Right, It's a little forced. Like, here's this letter we found. Okay, come over for dinner and explain it. And it's like, whoa. And he doesn't even get a chance to, not that he tells his mom a lot. No. But he doesn't even get a chance to be like, let me talk about this with my therapist, or let me just reflect on this for a second, or let me talk to this about my mom. He just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and, and going to another character being his mom, Julianne Moore plays Heidi Hansen. I, out of all the other characters, I enjoyed her performance a lot. I think she's really a great actress and she's really committed to everything. But there was something, once again, we're going to her song now, um, So Big, So Small, I think it's mm-hmm. it's called. She's singing to him. I remember watching this on Broadway, watching Rachel Bay Jones. This was her 11 o'clock number. And think, oh my gosh, this woman's going to win this Tony Award for this. Yeah. The emotion, she, and she's in his bed holding him saying, I am your person. I am your mother and you're the best thing that ever happened to me. And I am, I'm your, I'm not leaving like your father did and I'm not leaving and I'm here. I'm, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching Julianne Moore do this in the film. And she's just like, first of all, that was a director choice. I think showing no flashbacks during that whole song. What an opportunity to show the father leaving, or maybe the son is a little boy. And I guess that was a choice. Like, no, let's just let the mother tell the story as Broadway did without flashbacks. But it could have been maybe a little if you're going to just sit there for 3 or 4 minutes and watch her sing it. You wait till the end of the song Julianne Moore to hug him? Yeah. To me, no. You're like, "Oh, song over. Hug." <laughs> no, like hold him, cry it out. Hold your son and tell him it's going to be okay. There was like, "You're going to hold his hand?" I don't know. I was like yeah. disconnected from that. I'm like, "This is if we're going to take this show as a Listen, 9 out of 10 songs are ballads. They kind of almost mush together in my mind at times because there's only one or two upbeat songs. Right. In terms of fast paced, mm-hmm. high energy, and only one really comedic number. And so it's like when you get to this, you're at the end of your two hours in. If you're going to go there with the emotion, go there. Take the leap of faith and cry it out and hold each other because you know there's a lot of moms and sons out there that'll connect with that. And I just didn't do it for me. Like I saw it on Broadway with Rachel Bay Jones doing it. Maybe I need to see it live. I don't know. But yeah. that was where I was with that. Thoughts, I don't know, you know. Mm. I was just a little slightly disconnected emotionally from Definitely that. disconnected. Um, also talking about characters, Alana Beck, Amanda Steinberg plays this. They expand the character in the film. Yeah. She gets her own song. We're going to talk about the added songs in a second. I thought she was really great. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Same thing with Nick Dodani, who played Jared. Yeah. Really funny one-liners from him. I really actually liked that. I they feel did like with that, that character, character changed a little bit in this in the film as well. Yeah, I think... I thought I, they were closer in the stage production. They were, I think. And I think they maybe they tried maybe they tried to show in the film even more of like Evan really doesn't have friends. Because this was like, I'm your family friend. I'll talk to you once in a while, but I'm not going to really be a yeah. friend. And so, you know, that was... I that could just added. be forgetting. Yeah. Colton Ryan as Connor Murphy was really great. I thought mm-hmm. he was really committed to it. Overall... I thought all these characters and all these people, even the stars like Amy Adams and Julianne Moore, were just okay for me. One thing in the <clears throat> stage production that I feel like they did a little bit more was I don't you feel like Connor Murphy became came more in as a presence yeah, throughout this ghostly sort of talking image. to Evan. He would kind of show up at times in yeah. the stage production. This was a little more like disconnected. Like we didn't see him for most of it until this new ending, and we'll talk right. about that in a second too. How he kind of came through through the video, right? Mm-hmm. So moving forward, speaking of all these things, new songs, cut songs. Yeah. Um, I thought Alana's song, Alana's added song was great. I thought Connor's added song at the end was great. Were they bl- mind blowing? No, I don't think they, they did that much for the plot, but they were nice. I mean, I'd rather hear those two songs than Larry's song about the baseball glove, which I can't stand. Yeah, that which thank work. God that didn't make it into the film because I think that 
it's Oof. just a moment. But I do think the cut song was a bad choice. The mom's cut song. The oh mm, yeah, looking for a map or yeah, can yeah. I get a map? Yeah, I just think like because Amy Amy Adams, you're saying that mom. Both moms sing both it. Mom. Right, well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, They're I, both looking for a map on how to talk to their sons. Yeah, and that was missing Which is character this. development for yeah, both of them yeah. because they don't know how. Well, we know Julianne Moore and Amy Adams can sing, too, and that's a shame because they probably could have really right. done a nice job. And I think another that. interesting choice was that we don't meet Connor's parents until Evan meets them in the, the principal's yeah. office. But we meet them earlier on. Yes, and I like in the stage production that that we meet them earlier right. on a little because bit. Because you're showing... That there's no relationship between Connor and the the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and the mom is trying to figure out how to have a relationship with him. Yeah. I think that's such an important part yeah. of the, the, the story. Yeah. And it's removed now. Yeah. It, it changed <clears throat> a little bit. Interestingly enough, the screenplay is done by the same person who wrote the book on Broadway. So it's the same person. Yeah. Just a different director. But yeah. Um, I do think, you know, giving Alana a little bit more of a story. And like, I think what's also interesting is like, they're showing that. It's not just people that might be suffering from like a disease or something like that. It's everyone is suffering from yes, something. something. And throughout the whole school, when Evan sings "You Will Be Found," it's everyone yeah. is showing like they needed to hear yeah. that today. Yeah. It's not just someone that's struggling with like suicidal thoughts or yeah. something like that. It's you know every single person. And I think it was great, you know, giving Alana that moment. I I don't mind the added music, but I also don't think. The other songs needed to be cut because there was so much dead time throughout mm. the songs that yeah. they could have shortened some of the book scenes and just got to a song quicker. Right. And I, and I thought the ending was interesting because when you go to like the added song from Connor, right, a little closer, it was nice to see that. It was really touching to see this family who didn't really know if he ever played music or not actually did in a therapeutic environment where he felt comfortable in his rehab area environment. And so I thought that that was touching. However, I'm always about an ending. I'm always about how do you end this? And I will just never forget on Broadway, he sings again, all we see is sky for forever. That's, that's it. And it's, it's throughout the film. We, all he, what does that sky mean to these people? The literal sky, the figurative sky. And he gets to that orchard and he, I found my just, sky. We, I'm here. There's this, what is sky? Heaven is sky. There's Connor in the sky. We both wanted to climb the tree. Climbing the tree is the metaphor. This beautiful imagery of the tree in the sky. And all we see is sky for forever. How beautiful. And ending with that. Then we go here and, and he's typing on the laptop. He's in the orchard in the film and he's looking at the sky and I'm like, Oh, please sing it. Please sing it. And we, and he's, he's we sing the Connor Murphy song instead. I understand why. To me, it just didn't have the impact like those lights going down on him just staring up into the sky, saying all we see is sky for forever. That's scary. That's hopeful. That's a mix of emotions. But the sky will bring us hope. And I'm just watching him and I'm like – and then the film ends and I'm like, oh, I just – I was hoping. I was hoping. I was like, I got there. I'm like, no, this film just didn't do it the way the stage production did. I feel like a lot of the story points that they just ended on, they – they didn't really finish. No, it just kind of. And we say the, that, but we say this about the stage musical. Act yes, one is so, so strong. Good. And act two is not. No, act one. Act one could almost live on its own. Sometimes I say as its own. Yeah. Stor- story. It's so strong. Yeah. And then a lot of things fall flat in act two, and that's what I think we're struggling with in the mm-hmm. film adaptation as well. But one thing I did want to ask: I don't remember Evan Hansen going and trying to find 
information about Connor. And then no, it, I think maybe a little, but it was much more and like I reading wonder, all those books and stuff and doing all that. That was an interesting choice. And I wonder if that's what people are talking about trying to make Evan Hansen the good guy now in this situation. Oh, like, which I, I, don't, re- I don't think he's a bad guy. No, he was just doing the wrong thing at the wrong time in the yeah. wrong place. And then listen, he was young. The character's young. And he's right. like, you know, he could have, it could have been worse. He been got better, himself but. wrapped up into a story that he yeah. was making himself feel good about. And the family made him feel good where he wasn't getting some, as yeah. much attention and from then, his mother at home. And yeah, it's And tough. then he wanted to fix it after. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it fully worked, Yeah, but you know, just my, Oh, we're out of time, right? Well, we got to wrap it up. We have places called. So we got through a lot here. Um, Final thoughts. And maybe what would you have done differently? Okay. I love that. So I'll go first, I guess. Final thoughts. Not all stage productions transfer well to film. Some do, some don't. I didn't think this one did as well. I don't think it's a horrible film. I just think it's an okay film. It had a lot of potential. Also, side note, I have no idea why this was released in the middle of September. Okay. It should have been yeah. released in Memorial Day, 4th of July. It could have been released at Christmas. I don't when all odd movies come out. So I'm not sure why it was released and only in theaters at this time. But beside that, what would I have done differently? I would have brought filmic theatrical elements to it. Without making it too trippy, yeah. I would have wanted to just add a few more flashbacky moments, a few more moments of the theatricality, which I loved on the stage. And I think that was missing from this. Overall, go check it out if you've seen the Broadway show. If you have a choice to see one or the other, I would highly recommend maybe going to see the Broadway show um, because I thought that was – and that's coming back soon. But overall, just okay for me. Okay. I would say that I'm in agreement with you. I don't think every stage musical needs to be – turned into a film musical um if you're going to also turn this into a film musical work on it a little bit more i think that musicals are meant to be musicals and they're meant to have a lot of over-the-top things going on through it i would have loved to have seen that in this movie i think that the literal take on this didn't really work um, I think it would have needed to be more drastic to be going inside Evan Hansen's head um, and take us out of the element that we're watching a film. I think we needed to. Similar to when we had seen like In the Heights. Yes. And the filmic element of the theatricality was brought into the film of that, even though we're rooted in like the streets of New York in a way. Yeah. Or, or like there are filmic movies out there that are really amazing. Chicago did of it. Of course. Les Mis but did West Side it. Story, like, Dream Ballets, Oklahoma, Dream Ballets. I mean, this yeah. happens. This has happened in film before. And if you want us to go inside that this is what Evan is actually thinking in his head, we needed to go inside. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. should have been the literal thing that was done. Um, and I don't understand why a score was absent from this. It needed to be scored 100%. Mm-hmm. Very absent. 100%. Yeah, too much silence at times. Yeah. Too much silence. And maybe we were supposed to have that feeling, but the feeling didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. The feeling for me was awkward. Unless that's maybe what he was going for. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe what they all were going for. Yeah. So anyway. Well, we hope you enjoyed our <laughs> podcast today. Please follow at Half Hour Podcast on Instagram for the latest photos posts and uh about this this podcast and our other podcast so please engage with us over there we'd love to hear from you follow us on instagram once again that's at half hour podcast on instagram we'll be back soon with more updates on lots of things coming up soon film film, (laughs) a lot of films some live theater performances coming up we're going to check out so we're very excited so thank you all for tuning in today saying ta-ta for now i'm richie and i'm jeff bye-bye
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.